0: Welcome to the Alger Podcast. Following the podcast, there will be a brief disclosure. Hello, I'm Alex Bernstein, and you're listening to the Alger Podcast Investing in Growth and Change. Investors familiar with Alger may also be aware of our long standing philosophy of investing in companies experiencing positive dynamic change. Today's guest, portfolio manager Patrick Kelly, has shown a relentless pursuit of investing in positive dynamic change companies across all market cycles, for more than 22 years now. And today we're discussing the Alger Focus Equity portfolio, which celebrates its 10-year anniversary this month. Patrick, thanks so much for joining me this afternoon, and congratulations on Focus Equity's 10-year anniversary.
1: Thanks, Alex.
0: Patrick, this past year, investors have witnessed possibly the most challenging market of the last decade. However, despite fears of inflation and the Fed continuing to raise rates, You remain quite confident in the holdings of the Focus Equity Portfolio. Tell me about that. Sure, thanks. Yeah, there's clearly a lot
1: of anxiety over inflation and Fed policy, which is creating a lot of near-term uncertainty. But we do think the near-term concern is setting up for very attractive long-term opportunities across our portfolio. And stepping back from all of the macro noise, we do see a tremendous amount of innovation and change across the economy that we think will continue to create winners and losers across sectors. Our investment philosophy revolves around investing in positive change, and we are looking to invest in companies that are innovating, benefiting from the secular trends and change while avoiding those that are being
0: disrupted. Just to stay with inflation for a minute, do you believe that the current high level of innovation within our economy is actually a long-term deflationary force? And if so, how do you reconcile what we're experiencing now versus your long-term expectation for inflation?
1: Yeah, we've had a perfect storm of events impacting inflation. COVID and the Russia-Ukraine war have exacerbated the inflation issues. COVID led to additional fiscal and monetary stimulus and disrupted global supply chains, creating supply demand imbalances. The Russia-Ukraine war has disrupted food and energy prices. And we do think some aspects of inflation will be sticky. Labor is an issue in the U.S., given a number of factors. There's demographics, early retirements, long COVID, reduced immigration, reshoring. And we think one underestimated impact has been the gig economy, where everything is now delivered to the door, whether that's food or goods, which is a big pull on labor. There's other areas where we see deflation or the beginning of prices rolling over. We're seeing prices for most goods roll over as supply demand normalizes, and we're now seeing global shipping rates roll over as well, which can be a leading indicator for goods pricing. And the supply demand imbalances have led to temporary pricing power for many companies. I would also say as the retail sector is digitized, most products are being sold directly to the consumer and middlemen have been eliminated. We think there's now almost complete transparency in everything that we buy and increased competition for most products that we purchase, which should lead to lower prices. And I think taking a much longer term view, we do believe that innovation will be a long-term secular deflationary force. We think the advancements in AI will be deflationary long-term and can potentially have significant impact on productivity. Autonomous technology for autos, autonomous robots, machines could have a significant impact on labor and productivity. In the near term, we expect energy and gas prices to remain high But long-term, if we take a much longer-term view, we do expect lower energy prices as electric vehicles make up a much larger percentage of the global auto fleet and advances in green energy. The path to getting there is a bit uncertain, but we think the market is saying the Fed will do its job in reducing inflation.
0: Patrick, you've referenced near-term pain, but with medium to long-term wealth creation a few times. Can you give some concrete examples from the portfolio? Sure.
1: We're seeing a number of companies with a fair amount of near-term earnings uncertainty with very attractive long-term opportunities. And currently the market is taking a very narrow view in valuing companies, given all the near-term uncertainty and seems unwilling to look out over a multi-year period in most cases. Now we are starting to see signs that this is beginning to change, but the market is taking a fairly narrow view in how they're valuing companies right now. And, and I thought I'd illustrate this through one example of a company in the portfolio is Marvell. This is a semiconductor, they sell chips in data centers, telecom infrastructure, enterprise networks, automotive applications. It's a combination of a high unit volume growth stock, a life cycle change story. Marvell has deliberately repositioned the company to higher growth and markets. The data center is now 43% of their business. 5G is 18% of their business. Auto is less than 6% of the business, but represents a big new growth opportunity for them. And this is a company that was 62% consumer-oriented in fiscal year 2017 and is now only 11% consumer-oriented the consumer portion of their business is a lower multiple and more cyclical business. So Marvell has now emerged from its life cycle change with a completely different business profile. In addition, they believe the auto Ethernet will be a 5 billion plus TAN by calendar year 28, and that they can capture greater than 50% of this market. However, there is near-term risk to Marvell's estimates given the current economic backdrop if there is a significant economic downturn in 23, Marvell may grow the revenues 5% in 23 versus the consensus estimate of close to 15%. But long-term, we think there may be upside over the next three to five years if Marvell can compound at a 15% growth rate with the stock trading at a 16 times forward earnings multiple. So this is an example of accompanying the portfolio with near-term uncertainty, but with significant long-term upside And we are seeing this dynamic across a number of companies across our portfolio.
0: Patrick, probably your greatest long-term theme for the strategy has been innovation, and the current portfolio certainly reflects that. Which industries do you think are currently benefiting the most from innovation? Yeah, we continue to see a tremendous amount of innovation that is impacting companies across
1: all sectors. There's the themes of digital transformation, cloud computing, artificial intelligence, electric vehicles, autonomous vehicles, IoT, the consumer metaverse, enterprise metaverse are just emerging. And this innovation is creating winners and losers across sectors. The retail sector is also digitized, which has enabled new competition and resulted in persistent challenges for many of the traditional retailers. And as sectors digitize, we are seeing companies having to invest more in software and technology in order to remain competitive within their respective sectors. Microsoft CEO recently stated that he believes tech spending will go from 5% of GDP to 10% of GDP over the next decade, highlighting the view that companies will have to invest more in technology in order to remain competitive. So in this environment, we are looking for companies that are innovating, benefiting from change, and companies that have strong competitive positions with durable growth profiles. We are also looking for companies that can emerge from the downturn in a stronger competitive position.
0: And you have a particular interest in AI, artificial intelligence. So
1: AI is proliferating across the global economy as companies digitally transform. We are seeing exponential growth in data and then AI is being applied to this data to more effectively and efficiently run businesses. The CEO of Google said many years ago that AI will have a bigger impact on society than fire or electricity, and we are still in any one of the advances in AI. There are a number of companies in the portfolio that benefit from the AI theme. And one example that I thought uh, would highlight is Intuit. Intuit was one of the first companies to go all in on the cloud years ago to accelerate their innovation. They've said they've had more innovation over the past two years versus the past 20 years. They're one of the most data-centric companies in the world. They have personal tax data on 50 million U.S. individuals, 9 million small businesses, financial product data on the 125 million customers of Credit Karma, their financial management platform. And Intuit is leveraging all this data and applying AI to it to enhance the value of their products. They recently stated the company has 55,000 tax and financial data points per consumer and delivers over 58 billion machine learning predictions daily. Intuit is a company that's been very forward thinking on AI, and they now consider themselves an AI driven expert platform. They've also digitized their tax business. TurboTax Live is a platform that allows customers to get live assistance from tax experts who can help them with their taxes or do the entire return. AI plays a big role in their live platform in order to best match each customer with the right expert. Intuit also recently acquired Credit Karma, which is now becoming a data platform with powerful network effects. AI is being applied to all this data to better match
0: consumers and lenders, Patrick, I know you're very focused on the Alger philosophy of investing in positive dynamic change companies. And in fact, many of the holdings in the portfolio are positive life cycle change stories. Can you talk about that? Sure. One area where we've seen some
1: positive change is companies that are benefiting from the Inflation Reduction Act, which was recently put into place. The IRA or the Inflation Reduction Act, it's the most comprehensive and ambitious climate legislation ever passed in the U.S., It commits $390 billion of spending credits over the next 10 years related to energy and climate change. We see opportunities in utility-scale solar, resi-solar, energy storage, utilities with renewable rate-based potential. There's also multiple second-derivative beneficiaries in the industrial and energy infrastructure sector. Solar manufacturing companies such as First Solar could see significant manufacturing tax benefits because of their domestic solar module assembly, and we think they're positioned to take significant U.S. market share. Other solar names such as SolarEdge could benefit from the extension of the investment tax credit, which was extended to 2032 at a higher rate than previous. And then there's electric infrastructure enablers, which should also benefit from the sizable infrastructure build out. One company I would highlight is Eaton, which has undergone a life cycle change and is now benefiting from the recent legislation and a number of secular growth trends. Eaton divested most of its cyclical businesses several years ago, and their business mix is now 70% in electrical products, 10% in aero, which you benefit from air traffic recovery and higher defense spending. And as a result of this, we think Eaton is now a less cyclical, higher margin company with a much better organic growth profile. Their electrical business is benefiting from the electrification of the economy. Eaton's benefiting from three major energy transition trends, the transition to EVs, green renewable energy generation, and grid hardening infrastructure investment. Even in an economic downturn in 23, we think Eaton will be able to meet consensus estimate forecasts. So we think Eaton is a company that's repositioned its business mix and is now a more durable growth company, benefiting from a number of secular growth trends, primarily the electrification of the economy. Thanks, Patrick.
0: Any final thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think I would want to say that i appreciate everyone's time i know recent performance has been frustrating it has been frustrating to us this has definitely been the most challenging period in my career as a portfolio manager you know in some instances recently i felt a bit like late 2008 where stocks were going lower than expected and through bear cases in some instances And 2008 was a challenging year for the strategy, but we did have one of our best years ever coming out of the downturn in 2009. You know, I think I'd just like to conclude by saying, despite the recent poor performance, we have a lot of conviction in our team and our portfolio to deliver strong future returns. And again, appreciate everyone's time and continued support.
0: Patrick, thanks so much for joining me this afternoon.
1: Thanks, Alex.
0: And thank you for listening. For more information on the Focus Equity Strategy and for more of our latest insights, please visit Alger.com. The views expressed to the views of Front Alger Management LLC, FAM, and its affiliates as of January 2023. These views are subject to change at any time and may not represent the views of all portfolio management teams. These views should not be interpreted as a guarantee of the future performance of the markets, any security, or any funds managed by FAM. These views are not meant to provide investment advice and should not be considered a recommendation to purchase or sell securities. Holdings and sector allocations are subject to change. Alger pays compensation to third-party marketers to sell various strategies to prospective investors. Risk disclosures. Investing in the stock market involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. Growth stocks may be more volatile than other stocks as their prices tend to be higher in relation to their company's earnings and may be more sensitive to market political and economic developments. Local, regional, or global events such as environmental or natural disasters, war, terrorism, pandemics, outbreaks of infectious diseases, and similar public health threats, recessions, or other events could have a significant impact on investments. A significant portion of assets may be invested in securities of companies in related sectors or industries, and may be similarly affected by economic, political, or market events and conditions, and may be more vulnerable to unfavorable sector or industry developments. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Alger pays compensation to third-party marketers to sell various strategies to prospective investors. The following represents the noted percentages of assets under management in the Alger Focus Equity Composite as of October 31st, 2022. Alphabet Inc, 3.28%. Eaton Corp PLC 2.70%, First Solar Inc. 1.36%, Intuit Inc. 3.44%, Marvell Technology Inc. 1.25%, Microsoft Corporation 10.51%, SolarEdge Technologies Inc. 0%. Important information for U.S. investors. This material must be accompanied by the most recent fund fact sheets if used in connection with the sale of mutual fund and ETF shares. Fred Alger Company LLC serves as distributor of the Alger Mutual Funds. Important information for UK and EU investors. This material is directed at investment professionals and qualified investors as defined by MIFID FCA regulations. It is for information purposes only and has been prepared and is made available for the benefit of investors. This material does not constitute an offer or solicitation to any person in any jurisdiction in which it is not authorized or permitted or to anyone who would be an unlawful recipient and is only intended for use by original recipients and addressees. The original recipient is solely responsible for any actions and further distributing this material and should be satisfied in doing so that there is no breach of local legislation or regulation. Certain products may be subject to restrictions with regards to certain persons or in certain countries under national regulations applicable to such persons or countries. Alger Management Limited Company House No. 8634056, domiciled at 78 Brook Street, London w one k 5 ef UK, is authorized and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority for the distribution of regulated financial products and services. FAM and or Weatherby Capital LLC U.S. Registered Investment Advisors serve as sub-portfolio manager to financial products distributed by Alger Management Limited. Alger Group Holdings, LLC, parent company of FAM, and Alger Management Limited, FAM, and Fred Alger and Company, LLC, are not authorized persons for the purposes of the Financial Services and Markets Act 2000 of the United Kingdom, FSMA, and this material has not been approved by an authorized person for the purposes of Section 21.2b of the FSMA. Important information for investors in Israel. This material is provided in Israel only to investors of the type listed in the first schedule of the Securities Law, 1968, the Securities Law, and the Regulation of Investment Advice, Investment Marketing, and Investment Portfolio Management Law, 1995. The fund units will not be sold to investors who are not of the type listed in the first schedule of the Securities Law. Before investing, carefully consider the fund's investment objective, risks, charges, and expenses. For prospectus and summary prospectus containing this and other information, or for the fund's most recent month-end performance data, visit Alger.com, call 800 992 3863 or consult your financial advisor. Read the prospectus and summary prospectus carefully before investing. Distributor Fred Alger Company LLC, not FDIC insured, not bank guaranteed, may lose value. Fred Alger Company LLC, 100 Pearl Street, New York, New York, 1004. 800 305 8547, Alger.com.